This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's ASC podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Janet Carlson, who is the executive director of ASCs at Commonwealth Pain and Spine. Janet, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Um, before we dive into our discussion, I'd love to turn the floor over to you uh, to hear a little bit more about your role and your background. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Alan. It's always a pleasure. I am a nurse, registered nurse by background, so I like to lead with that. I like to say that I've worked in ASC since the early 2000s as a nurse. And so I'm very familiar with how things go and the workflow of a facility. Worked every aspect of an ASC facility and my background uh, I think helps me now as I try to help execute in our plan for our company to build and grow our footprint for ASCs where we have clinics uh, in three states and so they, my company, Commonwealth Pain and Spine, created a new role for me to be able to execute on the certificate of need that we have been given in certain states and then in non-CON states where, where the need is the greatest for the underserved population. Yeah, it's no doubt so important to have that clinical nursing background as well as you step in to really kind of move forward in the strategic kind of leadership role that you're in now. And yes. just before before we dive in, I know you're, like you said, you're in three states, I believe that's Kentucky, Southern Indiana and Illinois. And That's what is your footprint? About 20 or so offices, I take it, Janice? Yes, and growing. So soon to be 21. And we do have procedural suites in each of our clinics so we can take care of the minimally invasive uh, pain management procedures right there in that clinical setting. But as we are having patients that need higher acuity care, it just makes sense that our next step in growth is to expand our ASC portfolio so we can take care of those patients in the correct side of service. Got it. Absolutely. So I definitely want to dive a little bit more into the ASC side of things there. But I guess but before we do, um, you know, obviously there's a ton going on in healthcare at any given time. Um, but I guess specifically in relation to the ASC space, are there, are there two or three different trends that you can pinpoint that you're most excited about by today or anything that you're really watching closely? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> so one of the top trends I am keeping a close watch on, obviously, because I operate in different states, is the certificate of need laws. And so, for example, in Kentucky, where we are, there the CON laws still exist. However, in Indiana, they do not. And so we have to approach things differently. Um, the way that we are opening up our ASCs is different in each state. But because uh, I happen to reside in the state of South Carolina and I work a hybrid schedule uh, based out of Louisville, this state where I reside just repealed the certificate of need law this year, and it's had a tremendous impact on the economic development here in the healthcare marketplace in South Carolina. And I can already see the ripple effects that it's having uh, into North Carolina as well. So I would say the top trend I'm in my space and my role as executive director is the certificate of need laws by state and keeping apprised of those updates, any reforms or actual repeals. So that's number one. 
Number two would be the non-compete laws that I think are being challenged more and more by physician surgeons. I think that's a game changer for those surgeons that are currently employed with healthcare uh, large institutions and they're starting to consider coming out on their own, um, bring that pendulum you know, from where a lot of physicians went to an employment back to mid-ground um, where they're given a little bit more autonomy back, want their independence, and would like to be able to take a go at having an ownership share in an ASC. So two, two big things that you mentioned there, Janet, obviously, certificate of needs, primarily based, obviously, in Kentucky. Um, and then obviously, the non-compete clauses is such a big issue at the moment that, as we saw earlier in the year with the, the FTC, um, potentially seeing some moves next year. I mean, it's just, nothing is in concrete yet, but obviously, the proposal to potentially invalidate non-compete agreements how much how how much are you paying close attention to this? Obviously, if that were to go in place in 2024, it would have a, such a massive ripple effect really across yes. the healthcare space. Um, again, nothing is, is in concrete just yet, but how are you kind of looking at that, preparing for that? And what would the potential impacts be for, for a practice like yours if that were to go through? Honestly, uh, people in my, my circle professionally have heard me say it would be a tsunami wave. Um, mm. That's how, that is how I would... Uh, accurately describe it, that uh, those physicians that have had these very restrictive non-competes where if they decide that they don't no longer want to work with the health system, however, they may have a family and their children, significant other in that area, you know, they don't want to have to sit out on the sidelines for a year, two years, or mm -hmm. have to be banned to, you know, places far and wide to keep their family in one community until they they wait out their non-compete. And so this is a complete game changer. And I'm I'm reading everything that I can. I'm listening to everything that I can in the industry. I'm playing paying very close attention to this because um, as you have those conversations with surgeons, they become a little bit more involved when they know that this is a near possibility and it could be something very exciting in their future. Right. So interesting. I guess like any conversations that you may have had previously or currently in terms of those those physician conversations, it, they will be a little bit hesitant maybe to kind of engage or go a little bit further down the line because potentially they may have these non-compete agreements hanging above their heads. Am I right there? Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously in the surgical space, the surgeons are producer. And mm -hmm. so we want to keep them happy. We'd like to keep them engaged. And so if they are not in an academic setting, let's say, if, if they're not teaching or if they're not doing research, perhaps they would like to join an independent practice. Maybe they would like to be able to be in charge of their work-life integration a little bit more, maybe not have the call, demanding call schedule that they had if they're employed with a health system, um, and be available to their, their friends and families and loved ones. So, I think that the value proposition uh, that we offer in ASCs is compelling. And when you sit down with the surgeon and you talk about their current situation and how their life is and all the things they wish they could do, and then you talk to them about how life could be, um, you rapidly get their attention. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, really interesting. I can only imagine. But I mean, certainly interesting to pay attention. Like you said, a potential tsunami wave of um, obviously a ripple effect of these opportunities potentially coming down the line for any yeah. of the independent practices, ASCs, organizations like yourself. Um, no doubt, um, st- still some work to do, and we'll, we'll pay close attention to see what happens there. But certainly an interesting time to, to pay attention to some of this. I think um, it ties in with the physician burnout conversation yeah. that we hear all the time as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think that the finding them a safe landing, uh, the right right fit, that that allows them, like I said, I used the word autonomy before, but physician autonomy is directly tied to excellent patient surgical outcomes. And so patient safety is a component of this, along with physician engagement and retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think obviously your work could help you there, <laughs> Janet, in terms of the the regulations and in, in terms of the non-compete clauses and also the certificate of need. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts there, but certainly yes. something that we'll be paying close attention to. I'm curious, um, looking ahead, looking ahead for your yourself, your practice over the next six months or so, what, what are you really mm-hmm. excited about? Obviously, in my role at Commonwealth Pain and Spine, I'm very, very excited about our growth strategy. Mm -hmm. and how we are organically looking at each individual market. Um, In in some of the places that we have our clinic, these are very rural, underserved populations. And so we're identifying those service areas where we would have opportunity to take care of these people closer to home uh, and not have them have to drive hours to a healthcare facility. So the organic growth for our company is something I'm very excited about, um, and the strategic placement of our ASCs and the markets with the demand for it as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if you could expand just a little bit when, when you talk about the strategic placements of your ASCs. Could you give us a little bit more insight into to what you mean by that? Absolutely. So in order to serve the population that I'm talking about, and these are chronic pain patients that um they, we establish long-term relationships with, and we work with them um, for as long as needed. And, and they are sometimes disenfranchised as patients. And so we are there to look and take care of them. Um, and we'll start with conservative, as an example, Alan, we'll start with conservative therapies for uh, pain management. We, we like to be opioid sparing as much as possible. But if we need to intervene to take care of these patients, and it, it could be something like um, a, a radiofrequency ablation of a nerve that's sending out a constant pain message, if we are going to be doing things like that, it would be wonderful to be able to do it in an ASC. And so what we're doing is identifying um, a place where we could basically have a central location for our ASCs and then have surrounding clinics kind of like a hub and spoke model that would feed and push volume to that one ASC uh, where we could do these different interventions to help uh, mitigate their pain or even eliminate it if possible. Yeah, I mean, really interesting. The hub and spoke model is something we see a lot of independent practice and larger practice like yourselves certainly taking advantage of. And like you said, some of those rural, often underserved um, areas and and a lot of growth, obviously, at Commonwealth Pain and Spine, like you said, at the top of the podcast, entry stage, 21st office soon to open. I know we have covered recently on Becker's, we covered the news of 
the merger with interventional pain specialists, I believe. Um, I'm curious, can you just, uh, any updates there in terms of how that integration process is going? And uh, I guess any other potential M&A opportunities that down the line, is it something that you're still open to or how are you approaching Absolutely. that? Absolutely. We're open to partnership with the right-minded partners that, that view pain management the way we do. We were very blessed to have that recent partnership uh, in Bowling Green with IPS. And I think everyone has been doing a fantastic job with change because as we become uh, an entity and team up together, there's going to be change. And I think everyone has handled it very fluidly and with a lot of grace. And so uh, kudos to everybody that's been involved with that. But that is an example um, of our identification of physicians that practice the way we do that could gain a little bit from our larger footprint. So for our purchasing power, our payer contract negotiations, our best practices, we, we have evidence-based best practice about how we methodically approach pain patients. And so they're bringing their skill set to the table and we're bringing ours. And we, we're having that, um, that really great conversation right now of well this is how we do things this is how you do things well let's 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 explore that a little bit more so we are open to partnering with physicians um, in a, a variety of regions we have many reaching out to us that are wanting to stay independent they're concerned about being purchased by larger health systems uh, and so I think we are a partner of choice uh, for many many pain physicians that would like to maintain and, and their autonomy, keep their ASC, um, and, and keep working the way they want to work with patients, just not with a lot of the day-to-day -day front and back office sort of support things that we offer as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, re really interesting to kind of hear your perspective around that. And I guess, you know, to hear the advantages that that partnership is bringing in terms of the, the pair contracts and negotiations that you had mentioned, obviously that larger economies economies of scale in terms of supplies exactly. and group purchasing i bet as well mm -hmm. i'm curious um obviously we hear a lot of independent practices really want to maintain the autonomy happy physicians better quality of care better work-life yes. balance some, some of the few um benefits and challenges across the board but i'm curious in, in those in your in your area in the markets in which you operate uh, kentucky southern indiana illinois mm -hmm. within the pain space how, how is consolidation look like in those markets is are there a lot of health systems looking to buy a practice there are more practices looking to follow in your footsteps kind of like a quick um state of the union there i just keep sure. curious to hear from you honestly i've seen something unique where the health systems are um they are not wanting to maintain their pain management as a service line. And so I think they're looking for community partners like ourselves to have that referral pattern with. So that's a unique thing that I'm seeing in the pain space. Um, and a big opportunity for practices like yourselves. Absolutely. Like absolutely. So, so these are the partnerships and the friendships um, that if it is a CON state where they are more than happy to have us available because they no longer offer that service line within their health system. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to do anything to prevent us from having a clinic or uh, an interventional lab or an ASC if we're there taking care of their patients that they're directly referring to us. So I think it's a great opportunity right now for collaboration uh, and that 
that sort of referral pattern. It's 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 kind of a reverse from some of the other service lines. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Um, I guess, Jana, it's been an absolute pleasure um, getting to talk to you, hear a little bit more about yourself, you. obviously, and obviously just the growth over the last couple of months and years of Commonwealth Pain and Spine, and obviously excited about that 21st offices open up in the near future, and then obviously yes. growth into the future in terms of more physicians, potential offices, and ASCs. No doubt got your work cut out for you, I bet, in terms of CON laws <laughs> and such, but certainly an interesting time, I bet, and something you have a lot to be proud of and excited about for the future. Very excited about it. Thank you so much for joining the Becca's ASC podcast. And I look forward to connecting with you and speaking with you again down the line. Thank you for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.